Welcome. Uh, a big week for crude traders with OPEC ignoring Biden's requests recently, the EIA, the short-term energy report. You've got inventories. OPEC monthly oil report today due out, but none of it really has sparked much in terms of movement, still in a bit of a range. We're talking 80 to 85. Yeah, uh, good morning, and thank you for having me, of course. Um, crude oil's been on a tear. It's pulling back slightly. Uh, the big news was OPEC leaving their production targets unchanged. And uh, it, it's a very tough environment. The Energy Information Agency came out with their report the other day. They highlighted heightened levels of uncertainty due to COVID. And they did point out steady draws on global inventory. So we did have a surprise build in inventories this week. So, uh, so crude did pull back a little bit. But, you know, it's so interesting because you've got uh, the president shutting down pipeline projects. Now they're talking about banning oil exports. And at the same time, he's basically pleading for other countries to produce more oil while he seems to be doing everything, even though they deny it, to prevent us from, uh, from uh, producing more crude. And you know, one of my favorite quotes is from John, uh, Jack Bogle. Everybody knows who he is. He said that when there is a gap between perception and reality, it's only a matter of time until it is reconciled in favor of reality. Mm. So I think all of the climate change people, and I, I don't think anybody is saying there's no effect of climate, and certainly everybody's anti-pollution, but you do have to balance the reality of the energy markets and people's need for energy with our dreams of having a solar-powered global economy. There's got to be a balance. And I think that the, the uh, current administration is uh, getting a reality check here. Okay, uh, in terms of crude oil, we're looking at the hourly time frame, the rally that we saw. Uh, if we could just pull the chart again here, the rally that we saw throughout the month of uh, September, October, we kind of lost some of that momentum to the upside. A quick look at the daily time frame show, still holding above the 50-day moving average. And this is the range that I was just kind of uh, getting your thoughts on in terms of this 85 to the $80 level. Uh, talk to me in terms of uh, what's going on. I like the thoughts in terms of the energy independence, lack thereof in terms of uh, what's been playing out with the Biden administration, a quick shift from that uh, narrative and the, well, um, in many ways, uh, um, you know, conveniences that were associated with it. I mean, we saw a limited reaction to some of the geopolitical uncertainties as they arose, a lot more uh, less volatility tied to some of the price activity. But ultimately, as we sort of do shift into uh, a little bit of a different um, narrative for demand as far as crude oil, uh, what do you see on the horizon? I mean, ultimately, uh, prices aren't really reflecting this uh, change or this, uh, you know, migration to electric and some of the alternative energies. I mean, the fact that we're still holding upper levels, more reflection of what we're seeing in terms of OPEC and the production side, ultimately, you'd argue, I guess? Yes, yes. I, I would say that, look, it's all, I think, uh, going to be based on what happens with the global economy. How long are the COVID uh, interruptions that we're seeing, how long is that going to continue? If it slows down the global economy, well, then you'll have less demand for oil. But if we're really going to start recovering on the global economy, then you should see higher oil prices because you do have a reluctance on the part of OPEC to just open up the spigots. They like higher prices. 
And here you've had some underinvestment and you've got producers here are less likely to just go willy-nilly producing more because they don't want to spend the money because they're worried about the government slamming them in the future. So it's an interesting dynamic. Would 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 you be uh, investing more and more capital in domestic drilling if you knew that the government basically had you in their crosshairs? So I, I think it does point to a good chance for higher prices down the road. It seems like that investment is what we needed. But again, in the crosshairs, uh, we don't see as much clearly. We just looked at Arbob uh, also on the rise, in addition to, again, heating oil, natural Making gas. Highs. Yeah, this is across gas the board. Lead, I mean, a widespread. And let's talk a little bit about some of the longer term solutions, because uh, you mentioned again that, uh, well, it's going to take a while until uh, we see some of that come into play. Short term, there's been some talk about releasing some of the strategic petroleum reserves. I'm not sure how much of a uh, real solution that is, though. It's certainly on the minds of traders and ultimately uh, maybe is what's coming into play as we've watched price come off just a little bit here. It sort of eased some of those uh, the upside momentum we had seen. But you have the, the short term and ultimately the long term solutions. I've always been against uh, using the strategic oil reserve. It's, it, it's, it's there in case of emergencies. I don't think that's this, higher this, price. OK, this is not an emergency, you're saying? It's not an emergency, okay? It could be fixed if the government was happy to say that the United States has amazing uh, carbon assets and we should be using them mm -hmm. and allow the economy to transition into renewables. But you, you can't just uh, make laws that prevent the usage of an energy source that's in great demand and is a necessity. So I think it's an administration problem that, that's, you know, and I'm all for, I want, I'm anti-pollution. <laughs> I want uh, the cleanest possible energy, the cleanest planet, but you have to look at reality. And, and this affects people putting food on the table. The prices are being felt the most by your lower income people. So the ones that the administration says that they want to help the most, they're actually hurting the most couple of good points there, Wayne. Um, let's talk about how to move away from this discussion because we also have uh, a couple other commodities to get your thoughts on. Gold, silver, the recent run-up that we've seen there tied to, well, ultimately the energy uh, discussion because it's tied to inflation ultimately. It certainly got a lift in reaction to the CPI data yesterday with a stronger dollar. Uh, these commodities are holding up. Ultimately, gold, uh, again, probably more tied to some of the concerns I mentioned at the top of the show. Yeah, so I think that the uh, PPI and CPI numbers that we just saw have created a, a, a reset for a lot of people's playbooks right now because it, it really was, as you know, a surprise, uh, the, the level that we're seeing. So uh, gold has been uh, creating a bottom. Um, it took out some resistance on uh, last Friday. It moved, it's above its 2050 and 200 day averages. And um, it took out some tougher resistance yesterday at about 1835. So there is resistance in the 1900 area, but right now gold is definitely in a short-term uptrend. And uh, you know, gold, commodities, and even at this point, Bitcoin and the US dollar are being looked at as inflation hedges. So it's no coincidence that, uh, that those asset classes are showing strength now. 
and uh, relation uh, relative. Oh, oh, and by the way, the uh, gold took out. If you look at the weekly chart, it took out a declining tops line, which is usually a, a bullish development. And silver, it's about 25, also taking out resistance. Silver is still under its 200-day average, but you can see a pretty well-defined inverse head and shoulders pattern for silver, which measures up to about 28. It's right now about 25. So here too, short-term uptrend, a little resistance ahead, but that inverse head and shoulders, that could be a very nice pattern to trade.